Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What's up, everybody? It's Power Rankings Podcast, aka the Power Rankings Show. This is a Power Rankings Show short. I'm your host, Elliot Harrison. I'm pleased to be joined with at Marcus underscore Mosher. And Marcus tells me he wants to go on a Hall of Fame rant. I know who it's about, but I don't really know what the rant's going to be. So, uh, please, sir, let me get out of your way. Yeah, coming off a, what, a week away from the NFL draft. Uh, Mel Kuyper Jr. just celebrated his 40th broadcast on ESPN, breaking down the NFL draft, which is absolutely incredible. And I think he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. There's nobody like him in the Hall of Fame, right? He is the godfather of the NFL draft. And there's a precedent for this, right? What's the purpose of the Hall of Fame, Elliot? It's to enshrine exceptional figures in the sport of professional football. That doesn't mean just players and coaches. And we've seen these people be elected before. We've got Steve Sable and Ed Sable, who were part of NFL Films. We've got Gil Brandt, who was a scout. We've got a referee in the Hall of Fame. We've got a commissioner in the Hall of Fame. Why can't Mel Kuyper be in the Hall of Fame? We've got multiple commissioners in the Hall of Fame. And I'll do you one better. First of all, I, I like your premise. Uh, number two, they don't even need to, be, need to be players from the NFL. You could have a USFL uh, player in the Hall of Fame, mm-hmm. which is something we could talk about. But on the subject of Mel Kuyper, pretty interesting. If this was his 40th, that means 1984 would have been his first draft. Not a great draft. Uh, no. 1984 had a lot of... 83, 83 was, was a good draft. Now, Dr. Z was on that broadcast, but not Mel yeah. Kuyper. Not yet. Yeah, and I know there's a guy that did like a seven or eight minute video on YouTube about the 1983 draft. Did a heck of a job. This guy worked for NFL Network. Um, you might look that up. He's not in the but, Hall of Fame yet. You know, he's he's not in the Hall of Fame. But I I am down with this premise, and I'll tell you why I am. I'm not a draft guy. I make it very clear uh, on the pod. Uh, and by the way, we did promise people no more draft content. But this 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 is different. This is different, and this goes right above that because. Um, if you make the masses more interested in the NFL draft, so much so that it becomes a massive event, what's the difference between putting Mel Kuyper, who, someone who is not solely responsible, but a big piece of that pie, what's the difference between that and putting someone like one of my favorites, Pat Summerall, in the or Hall John of Madden, Fame for making right? – or, or John Madden, correct. I mean, the other thing is it's not just that he made this a big event. The NFL draft, the first round of the draft, is literally getting better ratings than the NBA Finals in the World Series in baseball. And a lot of it's due to Mel Kuyper. And I really think it's because of the feud with Bill Tobin, right? Like, I think that's where it started, where the Colts, uh, they didn't select, was it Trent Dilfer back? I don't remember what draft that was. But I thought it was the 93, was it Trent? The Trent Dilfer draft was 94, but I think the one where he got into it was over the Trev Alberts pick. In yeah, 93. it was because he wanted them to draft Trent Dilfer instead of Trev Alberts. Oh, okay, uh, he, okay. They only had, uh, was it Jim Harbaugh at the time at quarterback, and Kuyper wanted yep. them to draft Dilfer. But the point is, he he made it so popular that all the fans knew who you should and shouldn't be taking. And I think that moment kind of 
made the draft what it is now, right? Everybody cares about the draft. If you're a football fan, you got to know who your team is drafting. You're reading mock drafts. You're listening to Mel Kuyper uh, break down these picks. I, I can't think of a reason why he shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame. Well, a couple of things on that. Number one, uh, I would say, by the way, you're right. It was an 94 draft. It was Trev Alberts uh, who went to the Colts. Um, Kuyper was kind of Nebraska right. Cornhusker. Yeah. <laughs> Here's my question for you, uh, and I think I know what the answer is. Who is the Mel Kuyper equivalent? In other words, the one thing you mentioned, John Madden. So we should clean one thing up with John Madden. John Madden made it as a coach. He made it yes. as a coach when he made it. Um, but, of course, John Madden's a legendary broadcaster, and, and the reason being is there was just really no one like him. Who's the Mel Kuyper equivalent over the last 40 years? Who's the closest person? Is it Mike Mayock? I, I I don't know. I mean, probably now it's Daniel Jeremiah, right? Maybe. NFL.com. Okay. And, and listen, I love DJ. I think DJ is fantastic. But, I mean, there's a pretty significant drop-off in terms of at least status between Mel Kuyper and Daniel Jeremiah or Todd McShay or whoever you want to put it up there. They're, they're all in this gig and in this industry because of Mel Kuyper, right? There's no Todd McShay right. if Mel Kuyper doesn't come first. Right. And, and obviously no disrespect to DJ. He and I always got along great. He's, he's good at his job, but DJ got on the desk, you know, back in like the, you know, whatever it was, 2014 draft or somewhere around there. We're talking about 1984 here. Yes. And the reason there is that desk for a DJ or a McShay to get on is because the controversy that Mel Kuyper caused in the nineties. Now I don't remember Mel Kuyper much in the eighties, but I was never a big draft guy. Part of the reason I wasn't a big draft guy is I grew up in an era when the draft wasn't a big deal. What well, was thought of to be like nerdy, right? And like, Hey, NFL teams don't even really care about this. They'll draft guys that don't even play football or literally a guy that was dead. And they still, still got drafted, right? Like it just wasn't a big deal until Mel Kuyper came along. Uh, you know, I, I will say that Mel Kuyper was kind of a, not a, what's the word? He was a lightning rod a little bit in the sense that a lot of people, football people poo-pooed him. Yeah. And that's kind of what launched this. Now in the eighties, my first memory of the draft was Thurman Thomas, who went in the second round to Buffalo sitting, <laughs> just sitting there waiting mm -hmm. for like his phone to ring. And it was a very awkward moment. And those kind of things never happened. That was the 1988 draft. Like I said, I really remember Mel Kuyper rising to prominence in the early to mid nineties because of some of these situations, but the Trev Alberts being the most, the biggest one uh, somewhere along the line though, that um, questioning or that, that, that attitude towards him started to change to a lot of respect because it was so clear, not only that he worked hard, but when someone has that much passion and enthusiasm. I don't care if it's uh, Dick Vitale, mm -hmm. honestly, or Lee Corso. I'm going college football, college basketball, those John Madden pro football guys that have that kind of enthusiasm. They are hard to keep down no matter what. All they do is elevate themselves through passion. And I think Mel Kuyper is really a shining example of that. Well, the other thing, why I think he appealed so much to fans is he was the guy that was actually doing the work, watching the tapes, writing scouting reports so he can say, hey, I watch these two guys. They're not similar. Here's their measurables. This is why he's better at doing this. 
And I think that kind of behind the curtain look of that scouting process and the scouting report is what fans really wanted. And it's why, I mean, listen, there's so many websites and podcasts and draft media people out there. And again, all because of Mel Kuyper, he created basically an entire industry. Yeah. And, and when I say he's, someone like that's impossible to keep down, what I'm implying is those people that were kind of haters, you know, they're, we know who I'm talking about. Yeah. Just people that yeah. say, oh, I didn't know what he's talking about. When someone's that passionate, you know, it, it's same thing. Like I said, Dick Vitale is very similar to me as an ESPN sure. personality that really rose to prominence in the late eighties, just when Mel Kuyper did. And oh, there were people that bashed on Dick Vitale. Cause he'd say, yeah, baby. But you just, after a while, you're like, man, you got to respect somebody sure. that loves what they do. That first of all, that found their love. You know, how many people don't find that kind of career and then create their own path? And I, I know a little something about having to create your own path in this industry and not nearly as much as Mel Kuyper, though. So I respect this. Let's just go to the Hall of Fame angle, though, for a second. Um, it's pretty stiff competition to get in the Hall of Fame. We see that with wide receivers. We see that. Uh, with all the players that come through, there are those that are like, man, how many people are we going to put into the Hall of Fame? Uh, there's already too many players. You were pretty supportive of Deion Sanders making his comments about the Hall of Fame. Why is this different in your mind? Because I don't know if you can tell the story of the NFL, and I hate that argument, but I'm going to use it right here. <laughs> uh, you can't tell the story of the NFL without the draft, yeah. without Mel Kuyper. He's just such an important part of the NFL for the last yeah. 40 years. No, I, and I agree with you there. Um, look, I, I've, I've been a part of the Hall of Fame voting uh, three different times, twice as a this normal voting process, and then once on the 2020 Centennial panel. And on the Centennial panel – we had to look at the contributor category and try to find three contributors. That's the area that a Mel Kuyper could sure. go in yes. or in the broadcast wing. Um, I don't know. The broadcast wing is different than the contributor category. I don't know which you'd put him in. I think you'd put him in the broadcasting wing because he's a broadcaster. He's but, on TV, right? Right. But his contribution to me supersedes that. Because his his creating interest in the NFL draft, I think, has changed not only the way that we consume it, but maybe the way that players prepare for it. And now you're affecting what's on the field. And, you know, I'm going to give somebody else a lot of credit here. I'm going to give Rick Gosselin mm -hmm. a lot of credit here from the Dallas Morning News, who's the first guy that I know of, Marcus, who would, in the newspapers, would do a full mock draft where he would call GMs, he would call the people. He started doing this in the 90s before anyone was doing all these mock drafts in the newspaper and in print media. I just want to mention him. He may not be on the Mel Kuyper level when it comes to the this part of the draft, but when you think about all the mock drafts that are out there now and somebody, I'm sure you read Rick Gosselin's work. Well, I got a funny story for you. I wasn't yeah. allowed to read Rick Gosselin's stuff because my dad didn't want me to get the draft ruined, right? I still wanted the excitement, so he would not let me read Rick's mock draft on the morning <laughs> of the draft because he got too many picks right. So I was, uh, I was not allowed to read it. Wow. Uh, okay, that's interesting. I, so, I mean, that's nerdy. I get it. I was, I was still really looking forward to the drafts at those times. Like I said, this is a really interesting idea that you have here because I, it's, it's just so difficult to argue with. I mean, I mean, I, I would like to come back at you, but I agree, and I'm not a draft guy. 
you're like heavily, heavily biased. Is that fair? Like heavily I mean, biased. Okay. Yeah. I mean, anytime Bell speaks, I'm I'm listening, right? Yeah. Uh, but we but we have sports writers in the Hall of Fame, right? We have we scouts. We have we referees. It, it feels like there is a spot for someone like Mel Kuyper. It doesn't mean that we put every draft Nick or broadcaster in, but they've got to be special. And I think Mel Kuyper is. I tell you what, Marcus leaves cookies out for people twice a year. Santa and Mel Kuyper. Highly <laughs> pumpkin pie, because that's his thing. Uh, oh, is that his, is that his thing? Yeah, I mean, I, pumpkin I, pie with no crust. I love that he's getting all this love now, uh, because I think it's really legit. I can think of other people that I think would like to have that kind of uh, respect, and they're mentioned a lot. But Mel Kuyper, it's, it's more about his passion to me. That's yeah. why Dick Vitale just keeps coming to mind, even though it's a totally different sport. So I, I, I'm with you, man. I'm with you. This is, this, is, uh, this is pretty good Come stuff. Come on, Hall of Fame. Do it, do it now, right? So we can celebrate Mel for the next you know, several years while he's doing the, the draft coverage. We can call him a Hall of Famer. Let's get it right. Do it! Do it now! I'm here! You don't understand that. It's a pretty bad Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. Well, you've never even seen that movie. How how can you even comment? That's like uh, the the Christmas movie he does, right? (laughs) What? (laughs) I don't know that you're allowed to have Hall of Fame thoughts and opinions if you've never seen Predator. That's like that's that's lame. Those are the Uh, two nerdums that don't cross over for me: draft and sci-fi movies. But it's just what. Just while we're here, just while we're here, is there anyone else like a Mel Kuyper that has greatly contributed to either our viewing experience, reading experience that you can think of that you yes. think, okay, yeah, okay. I think I'd put Peter King in. I, I still hmm. think he's the one journalist that I read every Sunday or every Monday morning with his uh, you know long form piece that comes out. Uh, I think he has the most access. He's got the most inside information. And when he says something, I think it matters, right? If he says, uh, you know, hey, the Raiders, we're going to take this guy. He was in the Raiders draft room, by the way, last week. What other sports writer gets that kind of access? I think I think Peter King, for all the years that he's been writing that Monday morning quarterback article, he deserves to be in. I don't think Dr. Z is in the good one. I don't. I I now I really want to know. And I don't think he the, is. I'm the only one I right saw now. was Bill Nunn is the only sports writer, I believe, in the Hall of Fame. That, I mean, come on. Dr. Z, that would be my guy. Okay. Um, Dr. Z got all of us to, that, that grew up in the 80s to think differently about football. The way he wrote about it was mm-hmm. different. Now, the best sports writer I've probably ever read is a guy named Frank DeFord. Uh, but, but Frank DeFord wrote about all the sports and was fantastic. But Dr. Z in my mind um, changed the way that we uh, watched football, the way we read about football, the way that we cognitively understood football. He talked about stuff like hang time and stuff in, in, you know, little Mm -hmm. details that made you understand um, not only special teams, he talked about blocking schemes. If you made Dr. Z's all pro team, that was like making the all Madden, but, but for print, right? Yep. But for print. And he charted all the games. He even charted how long the national anthems were. <laughs> a real degenerate for us gambling people. That's still like the bet on that. 
Oh, you know, and I, I would love his stories too about the AFL. He really under, he covered the jets uh, in the late sixties and uh, during the Weave Eubank, Joe Namath era. And that's where he kind of got started. And, mm-hmm. and um, that would be my guy. But again, I give Rick Gosselin a lot of credit. Uh, I know Rick. Rick's been a dedicated Hall of Fame voter for a long time. He's really tried to improve the process. He's the guy in the late 90s that gets credited with really the first great mock drafts. That's certainly someone. I hear you on Peter King. Um, I don't know if we have anyone like that right now that's young because – I just don't know. There's so much coverage now that it's hard to have a centralized person. I've got a name, but I can't say it on the podcast. I'll tell you off air who's going to get in the Hall of Fame eventually. Oh, this this, is that a little teaser? Yeah, but only for me and you. A post-pod teaser. Okay, There there is an influential person that everybody on the who's listened to this podcast knows that's going to get in the Hall of Fame, and I strongly disagree with it. I'll just say that. Who's not a player. Not a coach. Oh, I think I know who you're yeah. saying. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think we're going to wrap this up. Yeah, we should for before here, we For here. But this is actually a longer short. We ended up yeah. doing uh, – I, I knew you were excited. So I, I can tell when you start bobbing up and down and stuff. So, That's good. Shout out the to way, Bill Piper Jr. Thank yeah, you very for, much. No, for sure. All the respect in the world. And, again, I'm I, I'm not a draft guy, and I agree. I think, I think it's uh, – um, in fact, I think it's overdue. At this mm-hmm. point, and I had never even, th- it's very rare that I hear something from somebody that I've never even thought of before. And I, I like, you know, we, we all go over the same stuff over and over again. This is a unique take to me. I, I guess maybe because I'm not uh, watching all the time. Um, yeah, I'm all for it. So now I'm going to be like banging the door. How come he's not in yet? Yes, idiots. I love it. <laughs> That's what everyone does. They don't even think about a player ever. And they're like, how's this guy not in? What a bunch of idiots. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've done that a few times on this podcast, but that's fine. Yeah. So Marcus is, by the way, if y'all want to review, Marcus has two guys that he really wants to get in the Hall of Fame, Mel Kuyper Jr. and Heinz Ward. Uh, Marcus has talked to me. (laughs) I've got some Heinz Ward stories for you. Numerous times, numerous times about how badly he wants Heinz Ward. The the most overrated receiver in NFL history? I think so. You know what? We need to do another short on the, each of us pick a guy, our top guy that needs to be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame player. Uh, we haven't I done that it. before. Yeah. You already have it. Yeah, I know. You already have a spreadsheet, dude. Yeah, that's, I bet you uh, I It's really sad. That's really sad. Okay. Well, uh, I think that's it for us. He covers the Cowboys on Locked On. Cowboys, you guys know that already. You listen to us all the time. He writes for Pro Football Focus, covers the Raiders for USA Today, Raiders Wire. He's at Marcus underscore Mosher on Twitter. I am at Harrison NFL on Twitter, and we really appreciate you guys uh, joining us. And hey, Mel Kuyper, Hall of Fame. Talk to you all later.